It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G from 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder, we will recap the Thunder's Game 4 loss to the Portland Trailblazers. And if you missed Get Up this morning, And you didn't hear the most damning thing that Kendrick Perkins had to say about Russell Westbrook. We will have that audio for you. And it is different. It's different from what you may have read at News OK online. Or it's different than what... It's different audio than what ESPN posted. So if that's all you've seen, you really need to hear what Kendrick Perkins has to say about his former teammate. Plus, we'll tell you what the Thunder will have to do to get back in this series coming up in segment number one. We'll hear from Steven Adams. We'll hear from Dennis Schroeder. And I've already talked to two guys today who are ready to trade Russell Westbrook. Uh, One's ready to fire Billy Donovan. Another is ready to fire Sam Presti. So this town is starting to not only turn on Russell Westbrook, it's starting to turn on the Thunder. Okay, small sample size, a couple of guys, but still, it's significant. And based on what I'm reading on social media, all that great currency Russell Westbrook had built up by signing the Supermax and show his, and showing his loyalty is all of a sudden starting to fly out the window. Plus, we'll talk about what to do with Patrick Patterson and some moves the Thunder can make um, if, in fact, they do make an early exit after this Tuesday. And if you like what you hear, please download the Himalaya app to your smart device. And then when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. Recapping last night's game from the cheap seats, uh, it's very simple to put into um, a capsule. Thunder shoot 38% from the field, 38% from three. Portland was a hell of a lot better. Mo Harkless, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Al Farouk Aminu all have big games. Aminu hits the big three at the end of the first half. Hits a couple of big threes during the third quarter to kind of be the unsung hero that people aren't talking about today. Crappy shooting night for everybody on the Thunder who wasn't named Dennis Schroeder. And now Oklahoma City finds themselves in a 3-1 hull. So there's your your up-in-the-sky view. Now, getting down to earth, where did the Portland Trailblazers really take control of this series? Where did they really take control of this game? Well, it happened at the 9-13 mark 
of the second quarter when Paul George got rung up for his third foul. After that, Billy Donovan wants to take Paul George off the court, and then Portland outscores Oklahoma City 21-13 in that stretch, even an 11-0 run in the last couple of minutes and some change of the series where Russell Westbrook took not one, not two, not three, but four jump shots, three from beyond 15 feet, or 15 feet, that's about where he was taking them, and then there was one from from 20 feet. Russell Westbrook, who says he can get into the paint anytime that he wants, that he can go to the rim anytime he wants, with his actions last night, tells you that he's not only not committed to going into the paint, he's not committed to doing what's best for this team and giving them a better opportunity to win. Russell Westbrook is also telling you he's not a leader on this team because if he was a leader on this team, he wouldn't be settling for jump shots. He would be getting the ball to people who have better opportunities to make them, a la Jeremy Grant and Terrence Ferguson, even though those guys aren't hitting, really, I guess nobody on the Thunder's hitting. But if you're not feeling confident about the guys around you and the shots they're going to make, then do what's best for you. Go to the rim, get fouled, go to the line, either complete at the rim, or then kick out to someone who might just make a shot giving them the opportunity to at least fall on their sword. But you have got to do all the things that you're capable of doing and just settling for jump shots on fast breaks, settling for jump shots early in the shot clock, that's not that's not helping anyone. And what Russell Westbrook lacks is that quarterback mentality, that quarterback swag that guys like Tom Brady have. Okay, guys like... Um, Drew Brees have. Um, I, I hesitate to say Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers because they've come under fire. But essentially what an NFL quarterback is, is a guy that when he walks into the room, everybody shuts up and listens because ultimately they know he is going to make their life better. He is going to put them in position to win Right now, Russell Westbrook's not that guy, and I don't know how you trust him if you're one of his teammates. And if we listen to what Kendrick Perkins said today on Get Up, then we know Russell Westbrook has never really been a leader of the Oklahoma City Thunder. How easy is it for him? How easy is it to play with a guy like him? How easy is it to coach a guy like him? Well, one thing about Russ, you know he go bring his hard hat. He's going to compete at a high level. Um, But he struggled all year shooting the ball. Uh, I don't know what what was going on. I mean, he could average a triple-double mm-hmm. in his sleep. So, I mean, but he struggled all year um, shooting the ball, free throws, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but at the end of the day, he's getting outplayed right now. And how, I have, does, how does his act impact the locker room? Because he seems like he's either high or he's low. There's never that middle-range game. How does that impact your locker room as a teammate taking these other young guys and bringing them along when things aren't going well? Well, I mean, it, his, I, haven't, I haven't been able to be in the locker room to see his leadership skills. When I was there, I was the leader. And so, you know, I know one thing about Russ is that great guy off the court, but on the court, he carries this swag about himself. And, 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 you know, it was a time I remember we uh, was playing basketball. We was in the game, and he passed the ball to Serge Ibaka. 
and the ball rolled on. It was a it was a bad pass, and Serge didn't catch the ball. And Russ was like, "Come on, man, you gotta catch that, man." All right, Serge, that's that's my last time passing it to you. And so I had to go to Russ, and I, I had to say, "Well, Russ, relax, man. We all have flaws." Because we deal with your flaws, so you have to deal with everybody else's flaws. Mm. And that's part of being a leader and holding yourself accountable. Now, he's a great player, but he's struggling right now. And he's, he's, my, he's a personal friend of mine. But he has to play better, and he has to be a better leader. And he has to do a better job of controlling his emotions. But shout out to Coach Stotts, man, because he's doing a great job right now. And, and to defend Russell Westbrook a little bit after ripping him that entire time, what we saw this year was a guy that wanted to get his teammates more involved, especially early in the season. Russ wanted to do that. He wanted to build that trust. But now that you're down to crunch time, old habits start to die hard. And that is eventually going to erode the trust of this team. That's why Paul George or somebody else has got to take over at least for the interim and direct this team and tell them where to go. And really, Paul George is the only guy in place who can do that, and he's probably the only guy that Russell Westbrook will listen to. And that's the other problem that you've got with Russ, and we've said it all along, is who does Russ listen to? And it sounds like he may have heard what Kendrick Perkins was saying during the time he was in Oklahoma City, but did he really listen to what Kendrick Perkins had to say and then take what Kendrick Perkins said and be able to apply it and be able to gain the trust of his teammates? And if he hasn't, then Russell Westbrook needs to spend some time with Perk or somebody else that he trusts over this summer and really figure out how to become a leader. I have said all along, you can win a championship with Russell Westbrook. Even when Russ plays the way that he does, I've always said that as long as you've got somebody that can pick up the slack, you can let him be a little erratic. You can let him be emotional. But now you're in a position where people aren't picking up the slack and Russ can't afford to do that. He needs to figure out a way to be even keel. And that means that when you don't get a call, you don't pout about it, you go back on defense. You don't get stupid fouls on Seth Curry like you did. And I think it was, I can't remember if it was game one or game two where you didn't feel like you need to get a call. So you go and you foul him hard. All that stuff has to stop. If the Thunder want any chance of not just getting back in this series, but having a future where they are competitive, then it depends on Russell Westbrook figuring out a way to balance out those emotions and not being a guy that's so affected by them that it causes disruption to everyone else. And I say this as an emotional guy. I am an emotional guy. I understand what Russ is. And sometimes your emotions can be extremely overwhelming, but he's got to find a calming force in his life or this team is screwed. And as far as the Thunder getting back into it, um, Billy Donovan, I do agree with Perk. He's got to change his approach. Just attack the paint. Attack the paint. Even if they're not giving it to you, you almost have to have that Al Davis approach of we're not going to take... Al Davis had a, had a great approach when he was actually... when he actually knew what he was doing in football, and that was this. We're not going to take what other teams give us. 
we're going to go take what we want. Well, that's the mentality that Oklahoma City is going to have to have tomorrow night because what the, what, what the Trailblazers are willing to give you are all those open shots, and, and they're willing to let you take them. They're not willing to give you the paint. It comes down to you wanting to take the take the paint and asserting some dominance at the beginning of the game, whether it's Steven Adams or Russell Westbrook or Paul George just continuing to go to the free throw line. I don't care who it is. Get into the paint. Get fouled. Get these guys into foul trouble. Loosen them up and make them play less aggressive than what they have been able to do in the three games that they've won. And really, the Thunder have nobody to blame but themselves because they're not doing the things they need to do to back Portland off and make them less aggressive. Portland has no reason to stop filling the paint and stop playing physical. It's up to Oklahoma City to make them do that. You do that, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're back in Oklahoma City down three games to two with a chance to really put the heat on Portland. If, if, if Oklahoma City is able to tie this, I firmly believe that they will win a game seven in Portland just because I think the Trailblazers have so much pressure from within and around that city to win, uh, to, to win a series that having a three games to one lead and let it get tied would be just too overwhelming for 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 these guys to overcome. And also, I guess to an extent, I don't know why we're surprised seeing Oklahoma City play this way. They weren't very good in the last half of the season. And Paul George has been hurt. None of this should come as a shock, but I think all of us are kind of all of us are kind of feeling that shock. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Remember to download the Himalaya app to your smartphone, and then uh, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast when you get into your car. Coming up next on Locked on Thunder, let's get desperate. What should Billy Donovan do tomorrow night that he hasn't done all series long? Uh, I'll tell you coming up next. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G. Make sure you download the Himalaya app to your smart device, and then when you get into your car, tell the Himalaya app to play the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And um, hey, Himalaya is very cool. It'll curate playlists for you every day based on your listening habits. So hopefully uh, we're in there with the Locked on Thunder podcast. Um, I real quick want to go back to uh, something we were talking about in segment number one, which is Russell Westbrook. And I don't know if I if I already mentioned this, I'm sorry. He's missed like 289 shots in his last 18 playoff games. And a lot of that is just, it, it comes from Russ settling. And I don't. I guess I don't understand that when you've been in the league as long as Russ has. So what is it? Eleven years now. 
that, that, that Russell Westbrook's been in the league, how can you have developed such bad habits that you can't get out of them? You know, and, and it's one thing to take wide open shots and just miss. It's another thing to, when you're not hitting, keep doing it over and over again. What's, what's the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's where Russell Westbrook is right now. And Russ, I mean, th- this summer is monumental for the Thunder. It's monumental for Russell Westbrook in the sense that he has to go find out exactly who he is and whether or not he can be the ultimate team player that he's capable of being. As somebody that's been Team Russ from the inception of the Oklahoma City Thunder, he's getting he's getting hard to defend. It, it, it's hard to keep telling everyone that, yeah, you can win a championship with this guy when his bad habits just keep rearing up. So, hey, Kendrick Perkins, do me a favor. Call Russell Westbrook. See if you can't get him under control at some point this summer. So let's talk about Billy Donovan getting desperate and what that entails of. Well, the first thing you're going to have to do if you're Billy Donovan is when guys like Steven Adams, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant, any of those guys... Um, I think even Dennis Schroeder falls into this category. If they get into foul trouble at an inopportune moment early on, you're forced to play them now because you can't go to anyone on the bench and get scoring. That's just, that's not going to happen. Unless you just decide that you're going to take Patrick Patterson out of the doghouse, roll the dice, and give this guy who is a 37% three-point shooter the opportunity to to get you some points, or you're going to give Deontay Burton an opportunity to go out there and play, then, yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's not even just wing play. It's it's scoring, period. You're going to have to kind of ride or die with these guys that are ultimately the best players on your team. The best players on your team are essentially going to have to stay on the court for as close to 48 minutes as possible tomorrow night. You've got to kind of manage it the way that we see, and I've used this analogy before, but manage it the way that you see baseball managers do in those game six, seven situations. I mean, and what's the new new trend in Major League Baseball? An opener, which is essentially taking one of your relievers, uh, taking one of your relievers and having him start the game. Hopefully you can get, you most likely you get an inning out of him, especially if he is um, a setup guy, maybe pitches the seventh or the eighth inning. But if you can get two out of him and you've kept guys on base, then essentially you just work in a bullpen game. That may be what Billy Donovan has to do is just keep picking guys out and throwing them on the court until they give you something. The other thing you got to do when you're Billy Donovan is you got to check where your team's head is right now. Um, And I'll start with Patrick Patterson. Um, The only game that the Thunder won in this series was a home game, so I was fortunate enough to go into the locker room. And dude does not look happy. Does not look happy at all after that game. Now, granted, I don't want to sit here and read too much into something from a guy that I didn't talk to, but it would be understandable if Patrick Patterson wasn't happy after being replaced by Markeith Morris. Be totally understandable um, if he wasn't happy. 
I can't imagine that Patrick Patterson won't pick up his option. I thought he was on a one-year deal, um, but he's not. He's got a player option. It's for $5 million next year. It's hard to imagine that he wouldn't, but I think if you're Sam Presti right now, the wheels have got to be turning on how you can negotiate a buyout, and you've got to figure out what Patrick Patterson is willing to take. Also, I think you can probably wave and stretch him. Um, and even if you wave and stretch, you can still negotiate a buyout at a lesser value. But that's something that's going right now. I mean, if I'm Sam Presti, I am as much as I want to win this series, I'm writing down all my scenarios of guys I can possibly move. And we're going to be talking about more on that coming up in the next segment. But um, the one guy that I did get an opportunity to at least hear talk last night uh, about the the Thunder situation was Dennis Schroeder. And I don't want to say that he thought it was a fait accompli that the Thunder were out of this, but certainly um, his mood wasn't as even in kill as either Jeremy Grant's or Stephen Adams. Dennis, uh, we talked a little bit, you and I, before about your contributions and being aggressive on the offensive end. Are you feeling comfortable with what you're doing and how you're approaching? I mean, first off, I just... Uh, Try to bring the energy when I come on the court. You know, try to help my teammate, teammates. Um, being physical, you know, bring the intensity, energy. Um, but on the offensive end, you know, I just uh, try to make the right decision. So whether it's a shoot, you know, a pass, uh, get rebounds, you know, getting a steal, try to do it. And um, yeah. Dennis, what did you feel like you guys had going early in the game that maybe wasn't quite there? end of the second quarter and then start of third? I think it's just you know, defensively, you know, we got to do a better job. Individual pride. I mean, they're making some tough shots. They ain't good players, but um, I think we got to do it together, you know, offensive end and defensive end. Um, if we don't do that, then, you know, it's tough to beat that team. It seemed like the pace on offense maybe slowed a little bit during some stretches. Did you feel that way out on the court or um, – or did it, did it feel kind of normal to you? I mean, we got to move the ball. You know, you know, if you're steady and, you know, try to make something happen off the dribble, then it's tough. Um, they're doing a great job, you know. Um, playing Russ and uh, P, um, but I think the other guys uh, who's on the floor, they got to um, be aggressive. Got to get the ball, you know, make a play for somebody else or finish. Dennis, when you guys were struggling there early in the third quarter, it seemed like you kind of took it upon yourself, or, or maybe you guys talked about getting into the lane. You drove, had a couple of those teardrop shots. Was that a conscious effort, like, well, let's get to the rim a little bit? Yeah, we got to be aggressive, uh, putting pressure on the rim. We got Steve-O, you know, he didn't see the ball a lot. Um, I think uh, he's a big piece, you know, what we do. Got to win one, get the ball, and uh, put pressure on the rim. Um, P. Russ, they gotta, you know, uh, go to the to the basket as well. Me, myself, um, you just can't take, you know, threes, um, pull up jumpers, contest it. Can't do all that. So uh, just gotta put uh, pressure on the rim. But it's everyone in the locker room. It seems like even when you guys got there, sometimes there were some misses inside. I mean, maybe that's just a snowball from other other uh, struggles. I don't know. I mean, we just try to play the right way and gotta play the right way, you know, as a team. Like I said, uh, we got to do it all together. And if we don't do it together, we're not going to win. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, thank, thank you, Dennis. Yeah, be aggressive. It's the same thing Raymond Felton said the other night as well, and it's just a matter of doing it. And 
you know, I, I hear, you know, when I hear athletes <laughs> say stuff like that, it's like, oh, we just got to be aggressive. We just got to be aggressive. Well, if you know what you have to do, why can't you go do it? It's not like you don't possess the talent or the skill level to go get it done, but we just don't see the Thunder executing this. Coming up next, all right, here's something I want to get in into. Um, people are kind of starting to turn on Russ, but before we get into that, I have an idea that I consider to be revolutionary that I think might actually benefit everybody when it comes to the whole Russ and Barry Trammell thing. I'll explain that next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app to your smart device. And when you get into your car, tell your smartphone to play the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Finishing up over the next few minutes here on the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. Thanks for downloading Himalaya to your smart device and listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast in your car. Okay, revolutionary idea. And my, my friends in the media, my brethren in the media, or my sisters in the media are not going to like this. And this is very simple. Let's just get rid of the post-game player interviews. Um, you hear what Dennis Schroeder said. It was like, we just got to play the right way. We just got to play the right way. And I'm about to play Stephen Adams for you, which I think um, he was a little bit more insightful. But as you heard, the most insightful thing that we have gotten from an athlete this entire show came from Kendrick Perkins, who no longer plays in the NBA. And even Steve Kerr, who has been somewhat critical of Russell Westbrook saying, well, hey, you've got to talk to the media. He even said, well, you don't have to give them good answers. Well, if you're not going to give them good, if you're not going to give us good answers, and our job is to be that liaison, to take, to take the fans where they cannot go. If you're not going to give us that kind of information, stuff that the fans want to know, then let's just stop it all together and we can have our opinions and you can be mad at us, but ultimately fans want meat. And if there's no meat there, then I I don't see the benefit of it. And it would alleviate a lot of stress for a guy like Russell Westbrook who doesn't want to talk to the media anyway and probably alleviate a lot of stress uh, for writers who have to go and are on deadline and have to wait for guys to give quotes that a lot of times are absolutely useless. So if you just stopped the postgame interview, I really honestly at this point don't think fans would be missing out on all that much. I could be wrong about that. And if you think I'm wrong, please uh, please tweet me at LockedOnThunder or at G-E-E-H-S-O and tell me if you want us to continue to interview players. I enjoy it, uh, but I, I've often said a lot of times I feel weird being in the locker room because I feel like I'm invading their private space. I've talked to two people today who are already wanting to trade Russell Westbrook. One wants to fire Sam Presti. I talked to another one that wants to fire Billy Donovan. Um, first of all, I don't think any of those things 
are, are going to happen at all this year. I don't see Sam Presti getting fired, even with the $194 million payroll, and I don't see Billy Donovan getting fired because he was just extended, and I don't think that the Thunder are just financially wanting to pay Billy Donovan whatever they owe him to not coach. Don't see that happening at all. And Russ isn't getting traded at least this year. Although, just keep this in mind. If you have another year like this one, where you have now, which would be four lost years for Oklahoma City. You go back to the Kevin Durant injury last year, and then this season, if the Thunder don't get back into the series, all three are considered lost seasons. You have another season like this next year where you're out in the first round of the playoffs. Russ may actually demand a trade at that point. Because Russell won an opportunity to go win in the playoffs, and he may not feel like it's going to be here in Oklahoma City. However, I think we'd all point out, hey, you had something to do with that too. But do not rule that out when it comes to Russ. Also, don't rule it out. Lakers don't have a GM yet. And if you're looking for a tide to shift, if the Lakers come hard or some other team comes hard after Sam Presti, has, is he saying to himself that he's done enough here and he's ready to move on with all that? Uh, let's get Stephen Adams' thoughts on what the Oklahoma City Thunder's mindset is going into tomorrow night's game against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, maybe. Stephen, I know you like to look at film before you give us a full evaluation, but after the first two losses you guys had, you seem to feel confident in what you were getting done, just shots weren't falling, et cetera. How do you feel after this one? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's, yeah, again, like, it's hard to give you a good answer without, without film. Just top of the head is still comes out of executing both ends. You know, these are very vague answers. So, I mean, yeah, take it as you will. Anything else? One more. Uh, facing a closeout situation, any different approach, especially on the road? Um, I wouldn't say so. It's more, um, I think it's just more um, discipline on both ends and communicating, um, especially from our folks, you know. Especially for me, it's just communicating them, make sure that everyone's in coverage and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's, because it's hard enough to win the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, but again, you still got to understand what the situation is. So it's like that sort of thing, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think it's still similar approach. And don't get anything too crazy, but you know, obviously we're going to come in ready. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. And at least he knows he's giving vague answers. And to an extent, I'll say this much. I don't want the Thunder overall tight going into this game. I still want them to play with urgency, but at the same point, figure out a way to be loose and not let the moment get too big. Simple. We'll delve into more of that coming up on tomorrow's show. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.